Guys, man, it is so good to see you. Can we give a quick hand to the band? Weren't they awesome this morning? Hard to believe, but we are in our last week of our Go series where we've been working through, man, our mission statement and our heartbeat of our church or of our youth ministry, which is to love, lead, and listen. We want everything that we do here to empower you guys to go out and do those three things in your community. Because if we don't go do that, this room never Never looks different. We never see new people. We never see growth. Man, it just stays the same. And we do not want to be a stagnant ministry. We want to be one that is going out and reaching people in all kinds of ways. And so we believe that we do that through loving, leading, and listening, which were the qualities that Jesus showed us in his time here on earth. And this week particularly, we're on that third point of listening. And I think listening probably is the most overlooked of the others, right? We look at love and go, okay, got it. I look at the Bible, I gotta love people. They're pretty clear about that, okay? Leading, we see Jesus leading his disciples. We see Jesus leading this brand new movement. And then once he ascends back up into heaven, we see the disciples taking that on and they go out, take it to all nations. We're sitting here because of their leadership. But listening Listening's kind of hard because it's not always something we really know how to do. So I looked up a few statistics of just listening in the modern day. So you guys will hear thousands of words a day. Now, depending on who you're friends with, it could be millions of words a day. But we hear thousands of words a day. Here's the problem. We only retain about 17 to 25% of what we hear. So you got to think about All of the conversations that you have with your parents, with your family, with your friends at school, with a coach, with a teacher, when you get home, more conversation, more conversation. When you lay your head on the pillow at night, we remember about 17 to 25% of what somebody said. Now, a lot of the time, man, we're just talking. Like, you're just talking about random stuff going on at school that carries no weight whatsoever. You're talking about how you've eaten the same thing at lunch for the last nine days in a row and how impressive that is. But man, there is times where people are trying to talk to us and we can't hear them. We just miss what they have to say and their cries for help. Sometimes it is a blatant, hey, I need help. But then other times they're just mentioning little triggers, little moments in their life where they definitely need somebody and we can't hear it because we're not paying attention to the situation. We totally miss it. And then God forbid something happens and we turn around and go, I don't understand. I don't know what I missed. The reality is we missed the conversation. We missed the cries for help because we were consumed with thinking about something else. So listening isn't that easy to do. Yes, we've got ears. Yes, we can hear. But it doesn't mean we truly get to the root of what we're supposed to. We don't always hear what we need to. And the story we're going to look at today, I believe that Jesus does this really, really well for us. I believe that he shows us what it looks like to listen. So the question that we're trying to answer for the morning is what does Jesus teach us about listening? 
And we're going to do it by looking in John 5, kicking off in verse 1. But before we begin, I'm just going to pray for us this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you uh, just for the chance to be here and the chance to worship you. And Lord, I pray that in our time in John 5 together this morning, God, that we would get a better understanding of what it looks like to not only hear the needs of other people, but God, to hear you when we're spending time with you. I pray that we would walk away with a better grasp and a better understanding of that. Lord, I just pray that um, that would become incredibly real to us, something that we can uh, take as tangible and apply to our lives immediately because it is so, so important. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We look forward to our opportunity tonight to be at Sparkles. We pray that, God, nobody breaks any bones and uh, just that you would be with us. We love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. That is legitimate. I'm terrified that I'm I'm going to break something. I haven't been drinking a whole lot of milk. And the last time, this is so off topic, but the last time I tried rollerblading was at a North Star student event when I was a student, and I legitimately could not stand up on the rollerblades, so I told everybody I was breakdancing. And it just, it wasn't good. I was 11 the last time I tried. So I've taken a 14-year hiatus, and we're going to see how tonight goes. So, all right, John 5. John 5, love, love this story of Jesus. John 5, 1 says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And verse 2 says, Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which has five roofed colonnades. Just little facts for you, all right? You can just hold on to that for the rest of your life. But verse 3, in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So, quick background information. There is this pool right outside this town, and anybody who had any kind of anything wrong with them, essentially, whether they were blind, they could be deaf, they could be paralyzed, they could have leprosy, they were cast to go by this pool. They were not allowed to be out in the rest of society with everybody else, right? You're still thinking that they're kind of working with a caste system here. And so these are the low of the low, and their families have pretty much left them here by this pool. But they believe that after the pool swirls, the first one in there is going to be healed of whatever they've got. And so every day there is this rush of people trying to get into this pool. And the first one in, they believed was going to be healed, but everybody else kind of had to sit and wait their turn. And you're about to meet somebody who's been waiting for quite a while. Verse 5 says this, One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. He has been sitting outside of this pool, watching people go in and come out for 38 years. Let it, let's not lose sight of how much time 38 years is. That is almost four decades of sitting and watching and waiting. Guys, I hate waiting on stuff to come out of the microwave. Hate it. That man has been waiting for almost 40 years for a chance to be able to walk on his own again. Love this next part right here. Verse 6. 
When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down into it before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Right here is where I want to pause for the first time, and I want us to talk about One thing that Jesus has taught us in that very moment, in this conversation with this man that's been sitting there forever, and it's this, active listening requires being in the moment. So if we say, okay, Casey, you know what? I'm gonna take on the challenge to be a good listener. I want to be somebody that people can come to and I wanna hear the needs of people. That means you've got to be in the moment all the time. I've got an issue with like, When I'm in a conversation, my mind just tends to stray. I'll start thinking about lunch, then dinner, and then, oh, man, I had that for dinner last night. I can't do that again. I wonder what I'm going to watch on TV tonight. All these things are just going through my mind in a conversation with somebody, right? And we totally miss being in the moment. So we're worried about, Things like that going through our minds in conversation. Here's what is on Jesus' mind in this moment. Jesus knows he's about to die. He knows he's getting close to the end of his life. Guys, that is information I do not ever want. I do not want to know when my time is coming. Because if I am this worried up here in my mind about what I'm going to be eating for dinner tonight, if I know the date that I'm going to die... That is too much information for me. Like, I will not be paying attention to anybody or anything because I will be so worried about that moment. But these are the real thoughts that are running through Jesus' mind at this time. And yet, he is able to hear the needs of the people around him. You could search all through Scripture. You could start in Matthew and in John dissect it verse by verse, and we don't see one moment where Jesus goes, yeah, can you repeat that for me? You mind running that back? Oh, that's right. That's right. You can't see. Let me help you. Like, he doesn't do that. Jesus hears the needs of people. How does he do it? In this, there's a lot of people that believe, well, Jesus knew supernaturally that this man had been sitting there 38 years and 100%. Yeah, Jesus was fully man, fully God. But there's a lot of people that had just been walking by this guy for a really long time. Rabbis, Pharisees, Sadducees, you've got to go by this pool to get where you want to be. They don't see the needs. They're worried about where they've got to go. The hard part for us is we're just selfish by nature. Like we are. You're born selfish. We talked about this some last week. And because of this, it can be really hard to actively listen to somebody and stay in the moment and not worry about how it's going to affect us or how we're going to get out of it or where we're going to go after what we're going to do. These are the things that run through my mind in conversations. 
And then sometimes people will go, are you listening to me? Uh, of course. Yeah, of course I am. I have no idea what we've talked about. Just because my mind will run a thousand different directions. Active listening requires us being in the moment. And society and culture tells us that, man, being in the moment isn't always the greatest thing in the world. We've got to be planning for this. You've got to be doing that. You've got to be prepared for this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. The first step in what Jesus is teaching us about listening is to be active in the moment. Don't miss it. So guys, this is the one challenge you can walk away with from this point. When you're talking to somebody, hear them. Don't worry about who's over here. Don't worry about who's over here. Don't worry about what you're going to be doing in the next class. Hear what that person has to say. You'll be amazed at the impact it has on people's lives when they know that they've been heard. Half the time, that's all we really want. We just want somebody to hear us. When you're hurting and you're upset, you just want somebody to hear what you have to say. And when somebody does, it is that comforting thing and we can go, yeah, I understand. So active listening requires us being in the moment which Jesus shows us so beautifully there. But we pick up, and I love the fact that we just skimmed over the fact that Jesus said, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And this guy that's been sitting there for 38 years gets up and walks. Verse 9, and at once this man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Hello, like, huge deal. Huge. That is crazy. Man, not supposed to walk, hasn't been able to walk, 38 years watching people get in and out of this pool. Now he gets up his stuff and he walks. And then we see now that that day was the Sabbath. And this is going to be a really important part of this story as we move forward. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. Not, they could have at least started with like, hey, congratulations, you're, you're walking. You hadn't been walking for a really, really, really long time, but we see that you're walking. So glad to see that. They were so focused on the law being kept. They know it's the Sabbath. So their question isn't, how did this happen? It is, why are you walking? Why are you doing something that you're not supposed to be doing today? Next thing that we can learn from this story, if you don't listen with patience, you're going to speak with pride. If we don't learn to listen with patience, you will speak with pride. Just honesty hour. Does anybody else have a really, really hard time being patient? Show of hands. If patience is something you struggle, thank you. All right, we're in this together. Let's have a little group therapy session real quick. <laughs> patience is frustrating because we're not involved in patience. Like, we love to be involved in stuff. I don't know if you've noticed that about human beings, but... We love to be involved in stuff, and a lot of the time, we really don't need to be involved in it, but we want to anyways. 
Think about how many just dramatic things have happened at school that you have gotten sucked into that you probably had no business being in whatsoever. But by gosh, we can't help ourselves. Like we've got to be involved. Patience is so hard. We don't like sitting on the sideline. Nobody signs up to play a sport so they can sit there and watch. Nobody does that. Nobody wants to sit on the basketball team and go, man, I, you know what, coach? No, 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 I don't want to go in. How about, how about he goes in again? I would prefer to just sit here the rest of the season. We don't do that. You sign up to play something so you can get on the field. Nobody signs up to warm the bench. People want to get out there. And we do the same thing with our conversations. Okay, yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But this is what I have to think. This is what I think you need to do. Guys, if we don't listen to people's needs with patience, you're going to speak from a prideful place. And I'm just going to tell you, you do not want to be giving advice from a prideful place. One, because a lot of the time, that's not the right answer. You're doing something that maybe isn't God's best. But two, when pride creeps in, it's amazing how quick the tables turn. And the advice that we were giving, we now need to take and we don't understand it. This is a, this can be a pastor problem sometime. A lot of people that work in church, we love to give answers. I don't know if you've ever realized that. I love to give you answers on questions I know answers to. But I can't tell you I'd be lying if I said I hadn't gotten up here before and spoken to you about something that I was walking through that I couldn't apply to myself. We've got to learn to listen to people with patience. We've got to learn to soak in what they have to say, to hear the things that are on their heart, to hear the things that are on their mind. And once you've heard them, then begin to speak. Too many times our conversations often look like that. The one that took place between this man that's been healed and the Jewish people that were on the scene at the time. Of, why are you walking? You're not supposed to be walking right now. Instead of, how did this happen? One of the greatest questions you can ask somebody if you want to listen, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? And then, whatever they say, actually follow through and do it. So if you ask somebody how you can pray for them and they begin to pour out their heart about things going on in their family and things going on in their personal life, here's your challenge. Actually follow up and do it. You might not have the right answer at the time. You might not know what to say to them. So saying, I'm so sorry and I want you to know I'm here for you and I love you is an acceptable answer, and it's a good one. You don't always have to have the right answer. We've got this whole thing backwards that when we don't have the right answer, it 
equals a lack of knowledge. A lot of times when we don't have the right answer and we try substituting for it anyways, it means we've got a pride problem. Like we have an issue within ourselves of always having to be right, no matter the circumstance. We feel the need to be an expert at everything that we do. Instead of just stepping back and saying, I want you to know I'm going to pray for you. And you continue to follow up. You continue to check in. You continue to listen with patience. I think you would be amazed at how different your conversations could go sometimes. I think you would be amazed at the healing that could bring to relationships in your life. Because we have a pride problem. We have a lack of patience and an overabundance of pride. And that's not a good thing. There's a verse in James that talks about this, about being quick to listen and slow to anger and slow to speak. Those are always backwards in our lives. We always get angry really fast. We always want to tell somebody what we want to tell them. And listening, I don't have a whole lot of time to listen to your problems, but I just want to go ahead and give you the solution anyways. Man, it's not what Jesus did. That's what Jesus came to deconstruct was because that was what was happening with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious elite. They were here and the people were over here screaming for help, looking for something, and all they wanted to do was tell them what they were doing wrong. That's not our job as believers. You can leave the judging up to the one who created us all. You can leave all of that up to the God of the universe. Just begin by listening to people's hearts. Man, start there and see what happens, and I think you'll be amazed. I think you're going to see healing in places that you haven't seen healing in a really long time. I think you're going to find friendships growing that maybe you had forgotten about or wondered if they wanted to be your friend at all. Your life practically can change when we begin to listen with patience and keep pride far, far away. We want to listen with that patience and you want to speak with humility. We do that, we're beginning to move in the right direction, in the direction that Jesus did. Verse 11 says this, The man answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Again, still not concerned with the fact that a man who's not supposed to be walking is now walking. Let's just pray, guys, as a team and as a unit that we never get used to seeing God move in a big way. Their hearts had become hard to the fact that God was moving and they couldn't see it. I don't want that to ever be the case for us. Man, I want to be giving him the praise and the glory for every single thing that he does Every prayer that we pray, and then when we see God's fruition and his timing in it, man, let's give him the praise. 
They asked him, who's the man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Also, just a quick side note. If Jesus looks at you and says, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you, I would not be sinning anymore because I'm afraid to know what would be worse. Okay, that's just, that's what I think about when I read the Bible. Anyways, (laughs) verse 15. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Now we're about to skip down in this story because we're about to see a conversation take place between the Jews and Jesus, and they want to know, why are you healing people on the Sabbath? That's a no-no. You're not supposed to be working there and go through this whole thing. Verse 19 is where I want us to wrap up this story this morning. So Jesus said to said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing, and greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. Maybe the biggest takeaway that we can have in what it looks, looks like to listen like Jesus, I do not want you guys to miss this last point. Because hearing God the Father allows you to hear everything else. This should be the absolute base point of where we're working from when we listen. Because I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. If you're not spending time with God, you're not going to hear the needs of the people around you. Like, you're just not. Because when we're not spending time with God, pride's going to begin to creep in. We're not growing. We're not being active in our faith. We're not going to hear anything else. And then we love to ask this question. God, I don't understand what you want to do with my life. God, I don't understand what you want from me. God, I don't know what you want me to do. You've placed me here at this school, but I don't see you doing anything. Yeah, it's because you can't hear them. And because you can't hear God, how are you supposed to hear the needs of everybody else? You know, the band's coming up. And we've got this running joke in the mornings when we're going through rehearsal that one of these days, I'm finally going to lead the last song. Like, I'm just going to do it. And it's funny because, you know, I like to think, man, God has blessed me abundantly in my life. However, when he was inserting the musical gene into my body, He pulled it out and laughed and sent me to this earth. Like, I have no rhythm. I have no ability to sing. It's pitchy. It's bad. And here's the thing that I do. 
I listen to music, I'll listen to the band, and I'm like, oh man, they sound, they sound really good. I think all music sounds really good, just because I don't have an ear for it. It all just sounds like everything's coming together. Oh, it's, it's awesome. But I can't hear the individual instruments. You know, when a musician sits and listens to people play music, they can pick out the bass guitar and if they're staying on rhythm. They can pick out the keys. They can pick out what the drummer's doing. They can hear the acoustic guitar and how it's all working together. And they can pull it apart piece by piece and hear all of the things that I never hear. And guys, the same thing is so true for our spiritual walks. We can go through life, come here on Sunday, and then hope that this is going to be all we need to get us through next week. That we're going to get enough of God and we're going to understand enough today so that I don't have to spend time in prayer during the week. I don't have to open my Bible during the week. And then we go to school and we keep leaving with the same feeling of, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't see people's needs. I don't hear their needs. And yeah, we've talked about it, but I don't know why I don't see it. It's because you're kind of like I am listening to music. It's all just happening at once and it just sounds like noise. But I think you'd be amazed at when you spend time alone with the creator of the universe and you just pray and ask, God, help me to hear people like you do. Help me to have ears like Jesus. Help me to love like Jesus. Help me to lead like Jesus does. I think you'd be amazed at how you'll begin to hear the individual instruments of people's lives. And you'll see their needs and you'll hear their heart. You'll be there with them in their hurt. And you're gonna be able to point them back to a place that we can't from a prideful one. So yes, it really is important to listen to the needs of other people. And it's something that we need more in our world today. But guys, you've gotta learn to listen to what God has for you first. You've gotta learn to dig into his word and just pray that, man, he would do something in your life and allow him to do the work. That's the beautiful thing about God. As much as we wanna control the situation, you're not gonna control the situation. He's got a better plan. He's got a better path. He sees the end result so much more clear. All we have to do is trust and walk in obedience. But we've got to learn to listen to him first. Otherwise, you're going to be listening from a prideful place and giving advice that is worldly. I want us to be pointing people back to the kingdom with our lives. Every aspect of them. I want the way we love to point them that way. I want the way you lead to point people back to the kingdom. And when you listen, I want you to be pointing people back to the one who can actually make a difference. Because guys, we can't a lot of the time. Like we don't have the answers, but he does. 
but we've got to learn to listen to what he has for us first. Would you pray with me? God, I know how hard it is to listen. (laughs) Just being honest, my mind goes a thousand different places in a conversation. I'm worried about things that really don't matter just because my mind's straying. Father, I pray that you would give us the ability to hear people and to hear their hearts. Because as much as the world wants us to think that we're all so different, we're really not. We're broken people that are looking to fill a void. And yeah, we'll try to fill it in different ways, but God, that's all we are. Father, I pray you give us the ability to hear the needs of the people in our lives, from our parents, to our siblings, to our friends at school, to people that you wouldn't even call friends at school. God, I pray that, you can, that we can learn to hear them well. But I pray that we do that from a place of humility because of the time we're spending with you. God, if the only time we're cracking open our Bibles on Sunday morning Father, we've got a problem. We can't grow in a relationship like that. We can't get to know you any better like that. We can't hear what you have for us when your word is shut and our minds are are not about glorifying and praising you through prayer and bringing those things to you. So God, I think that's gonna be the first step a lot of us have to take is beginning to spend real and honest time with you. And just with a simple prayer of God, I want you to work through me and show me how I can bring you glory at my school, how I can bring you glory in my family. And God, I think we'll be amazed at how wide our eyes and how open our ears can be when we're going to the right source to begin with. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen.